Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oh Wow! The Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we're getting into Season 4, Episode 3, Cook. So I just want to preface this by saying I apologize that this ep is coming out a little bit late this weekend. I am happy to have family visiting. My dad is here with me in the studio today. Feel free to say hi. Hello, everybody out there. So he does not remember this, but one of my core memories growing up is forcing my dad to watch the season one finale with me sobbing uncontrollably over my deep, passionate emotions over the first gen. And yeah, it's all been lost to the tides of time in my father's head, but I remember it like it were yesterday. So it's exciting to have him here with me. He doesn't know anything about this generation, though, nor do I. I don't remember this season at all. I'm wondering if I ever watched it or if I just stopped after season three and then picked back up at season five because I literally don't remember any of this. Now, next week, I'm going to have an exciting guest on the pod with me who you guys will remember, but this episode literally does not ring a single bell, so we're going to get into it. And I actually really enjoyed it. It was my favorite episode of the season so far. I thought it was really complex. It brought up some nuanced relationships and some nuanced topics that I'm going to get into. And I really liked it. It's not just plot driven as the other episodes this season have been. So this episode opens with Cook in a holding cell of some sort. And you'll remember in the last episode, we ended at the party and Cook was smashing his fist into someone's face. We couldn't really see who it was, but we saw that he was beating the shit out of somebody. And as it turns out, there are consequences to beating someone up in front of a large crowd of people. And I thought it was interesting because most TV shows just sort of ignore the consequences of these things, but Skins is being very real and raw and showing that, yeah, you can actually get arrested for assault and battery. So he's in a holding cell. We meet his lawyer, who is his legal aid brief, named Duncan. And we find out that he's being held on charges of GBH, which is basically like the British way of saying aggravated assault. And that he beat up someone named Shanky Jenkinson, which I thought was a fake name for JJ. But as it turns out, there's actually someone named Shanky Jenkinson in the Skins universe. I literally just thought they were pretending it wasn't JJ, but I was wrong. And we meet Shanky later on. Cook says that he was provoked to start the fight and that's his defense. He's basically planning on pleading not guilty and his legal aide, Duncan, is like, you're a fucking idiot. You have to plead guilty. There were 83 witnesses. You're not getting off on a not guilty plea so just plead guilty and hopefully they'll be nice to you and give you an easy sentence so in his little pre-trial he pleads not guilty and is forced to wear an electronic monitor bracelet around his ankle and they say that he has to be in a house with his family between certain hours so that they can monitor his whereabouts and make sure he's not on the run or getting into trouble Who is he going home to? Not his dad, certainly, after the incident with his father on the boat. That's definitely not an option. 
and we haven't met Cook's mom, but we do today. A woman named Ruth Byatt, who is a very vivacious and outgoing woman. We have never really heard anything about her, actually, so it's interesting to meet her. I literally can't believe I don't remember any of this. Like, I feel like I just blacked out during all of season four if I ever watched it. So his mom picks him up at the jail. She's, like, flirting with the guards, and they go to her house, which is a mansion. Obviously, his mom's got all the money, whereas his dad is super poor and just drunken, living on this, like, shitty little boat in this shitty little town. His mom's got the perfectly manicured lawn and the giant house. And we also find out that Cook has a little brother whose name is Patty. And we've never heard of any of these people. Like, Cook just really is such a enigmatic, <laughs> unique character. It's hard to imagine him having any sort of, like, normal family. But they're not normal. So that explains a lot. We see that he has a affectionate relationship with his little brother they get along really well and he's like palling around with him the little brother's playing guitar hero which is such a throwback do you guys remember in like the mid early 2000s going to someone's house and maybe their family would order pizza which is exactly what happens here but like just pizza and guitar hero was like the epitome of a fun high school party night i miss those days they were simpler times and like the assortment of soda that was always a big sell for me was having like five different kinds of soda to drink anyway it was nice to see guitar hero being played in the time that it was in the height of popularity but i digress cook goes up to his childhood bedroom and there's a bunch of stuff in there there's a poster of sophia which i am not really sure why that's there maybe his mom put it in there i'm not sure and his phone is there he opens it and looks at Effie's name and then Freddie's name and decides to not contact either of them because he's obviously pissed at them. And he probably feels like part of the reason he got into this trouble is because of them, because he got so aggravated seeing Effie and Freddie together at the party that that's what set him off to beat up a stranger. Returning back downstairs, there's a man named Alex in the kitchen. It seems that Cook's mother has... Lots of suitors, and she's very open about her experiences with having many boyfriends coming and going, Uh, which is fine. She's an artist. She's a free spirit. There's a little bit of, like, Cassie's parents vibes with this, like, the very open, sexually artistic parents that are just extremely negligent of their children and definitely exposing them to really fucked up shit and being like, oh, it's fine because it's all peace and love. There's a, for example, giant painting of her boobs in overhead and Alex is admiring it. And it's like, of course, it's really uncomfortable for Cook and for the little brother to just be like, oh, here's like a gigantic painting of your mom's boobs on the wall. Cool. Peace and love, but to a point, you know. Cook takes his little brother to school. He goes to, like, this really nice private school. And so apparently Cook is, like, allowed to leave the house during certain hours. And he definitely enjoys the freedom of being able to leave when he can because you can tell he's really uncomfortable being back at his mom's house. We're not really sure what happened between him and his mom or what sort of 
history there's been, but again, we'll find out about that later on. Back at the college, we see the rest of the gang. So Freddie and JJ are trying to comfort Pandora because everything that's been going on with Thomas and Andrea, and they're just not helping. (laughs) They're not comforting her, but they're trying because they're nice boys, but it doesn't go well. And JJ has the funniest fucking lines. Like, this whole episode is brightened by JJ being like, I'm single. Look how happy I am in between minor psychological breakdowns. (laughs) Which is a mood. I definitely feel that, JJ. And he's like, you know, sex is great, but, like, love, that's so fleeting. Who even needs love? Like, I'm so happy. It's fine. Everything's fine. And I'm like, fucking same, JJ. I hear you, dude. So that made me laugh. And, of course, Pandora just starts crying even harder because that's not comforting. But it was funny, at least. We pan over to Effie at her locker, and I have to give the Bristol's best. I think she won last week, too, but the outfits are just, like, not really given this season. So Effie wins this Bristol's best, too. Somebody's got to try to step up a little bit. She's wearing jean shorts over black tights. There's, like, the side boob tank top shirts that we all used to wear. Slash, I'm sure some people still do, but when it was really cool to have, like, your bra showing out of the side, like, your armpit. And... She has a big chunky bracelet with studs and a black hobo bag, which, like, I miss the days that it was trendy to be, like, all, like, I am so skinny and have a cigarette and just have, like, my giant oversized hobo bag. Like, that was such an aesthetic, and I suggest that we bring it back. I think that that look was killed by the Louis Vuitton Neverfull. It kind of, like, beat the hobo bag out of existence, But a hobo bag moment can be chic. Let's bring it back. Cook stops by the school just to terrorize everyone, of course, because he must punish everyone for being mad at him that he beat somebody up. Like, Cook, stop. (laughs) So he stops by the school. He sees Effie and Freddie making out. He starts, like, this whole giving JJ shit, giving everybody shit, being just, like, an asshole. And that new guy, David Blood, who we met an episode or two ago, who is the new, like, superintendent for the school, expels Cook. And they're fucking hardcore. Like, he pepper sprays him and gets security to, like, strongman him out of the building. They basically kick his ass. And you feel bad, kind of. You're like, dude, that's excessive force for sure. Like, you don't need to do all that. It's kind of sad. Also, it just is like, yeah, this Dave Blood guy's a fucking asshole. Like, he's a bigger asshole than Cook, so. We get our first little inklings of the Naomi and Cook friendship that I think is so important to this season and is really unique and interesting. So, Naomi and Cook are talking, and they are just both, like, outcasts in this situation. They definitely have trauma-bonded over the Sophia thing, and... They both are the people that come from, like, non-traditional homes and, like, really sort of negligent families that just let them raise themselves, basically. And Naomi points out that Cook is being really self-pitying, which is a huge part of this episode, is just, like, Cook's self-pitying, self-sabotage behavior that just spirals into him getting into more shit, outcasting himself further, being more self-pitying, and then sabotaging more... And I think she's right on the nose pointing that out. 
because she probably recognizes it from herself doing that too. Naomi also self-sabotages and then self-pities and then sort of outcasts herself further. And, you know, it's hard to not do that. I think it's a relatable issue to have. So once you can recognize the stages of that cycle and try to put a fucking halt to it, that's a good thing to do. We're back to Duncan's office where Cook is meeting up with him to discuss the pre-trial, pre-court date, what their strategy is going to be. Duncan's strategy is basically like, I'm a shitty fucking lawyer. I don't really care if you go to jail because I get paid either way. And he lights up a big joint. And Cook is so fucking mad. But it's like, this whole episode is Cook having to see his behavior in other people and realizing how irritating it is and how toxic it is. Yeah, you don't like seeing the worst traits of yourself reflected in other people. Definitely is frustrating and triggering. So just seeing Duncan, like, not giving a shit and acting the way that Cook acts, it's, like, kind of funny to see how much it sets him off. Cook basically just yells at Duncan and is like, you're a fucking useless piece of shit, and storms out, slamming stuff down, you know, what we've come to expect. Goes home and sees his mom's new art piece called All My Cocks. And you know whose name is on it, among many others. It's just, like, names scrawled with that written over it. Uh, Freddie's name is on there. So, what happened? <laughs> what? Um, and Cook notices and says, hey, uh, is that true? And his mom says, Jimmy, because his mom calls him Jimmy, even though he's like, I hate that. Don't call me that. No one calls me that. But she says, Jimmy, art is always true. And that also made me laugh. And he starts basically arguing with his mom. And she's like, listen, I kicked you out because you sold my wedding rings for dope. And she says, you wanted me to kick you out. So there's just a lot of cook history and lore that we don't know anything about. And that, I think, would tie into that cycle I was talking about. Like, he did something shitty and then got outcast and then probably just continued the self-sabotaging, self-destructive cycle instead of trying to fix things. But then again, it's like his parents are so fucked up that it's hard to say. I think everybody's kind of in the wrong in their whole family. And I feel bad that Cook was obviously basically raised by fucking wolves. He would have been better off raised by wolves than his parents because they're so dysfunctional and so uncaring. Anyway, we see some more pieces in the mom's exhibit, such as the giant neon wall that says me, 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 which really is a not so subtle display of her attitude towards life and cook trips over the cord and accidentally breaks it and his mom starts screaming at him being like you little shit you did this on purpose like get the fuck out of here which great what a loving parent that's great so he stumbles out the door past the sign for her exhibit that's called my black holes charming so charming so lovely And he just pukes outside, obviously, the thing with Freddy. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And so we'll find out in a bit. We 
find out that Shanky is a real person, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. He goes to Shanky's house and says, hey, I have court soon. Can you just, like, let them know that I came by and apologized to you? And Shanky closes the door in his face and is like, fuck you, dude. Like, (laughs) good luck in jail. He doesn't say it that nicely, but it's like his mom hates him. Shanky hates him. Next, we're back at Ruth's house, his mom's house, and Freddy's there. And Cook is just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Freddy says, your mom's on one again. And we see Cook's mom is just absolutely hammered. She's like, you cost me so much money fucking up my art piece. She's just like falling all over herself, trying to hit on Freddy. It's so disgusting. And she's like playing the guitar hero screaming at them it's just horrifying and you can see how this woman plus cook's dad is not a good recipe for a functioning human by any means so freddie has cook alone and talks about how at cook's birthday his mom gave freddie a blowjob and freddie's like sorry about that and it's like freddie you're a victim we actually need to change the segment from chris you're a victim to freddie you're a victim dude you don't need to fucking apologize like that shit's fucking disgusting and just kind of like a really dark detail to just throw in and then kind of ignore i don't remember if we address that later this season or if we just kind of keep it pushing as we did with the chris you're a victim moments So I'm going to keep an eye on that and see if that gets addressed further or if it's just kind of a detail. This also kind of made me think that the whole issue with Effie is kind of a metaphor, I guess, or like it runs deeper than just Effie. If Freddy had this like sexual interaction with Cook's mom and now he's dating Effie, And Cook even says it. He's like, is there anyone else I care about that you want to fuck? Like, who is left? (laughs) And all Freddie can say back is like, well, you hit JJ, which, um, I don't know. Like, are those things equal? Again, Freddie, you're a victim. But like, is punching JJ as bad as that situation? I don't know. It just all seems kind of unrelated, and it's like, y'all just need therapy. I noticed that this episode, there's a lot of cook in plain white rooms, and I and again, symbolically reading into it, it's like him being alone with his thoughts, kind of, like, there's not all these distractions left anymore. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that was something I was thinking about anyway. We hear a commotion going on downstairs as a police officer brings his little brother to the door and the mother starts freaking out immediately, being like, oh my god, what happened? And the police officer's like, keep fucking better track of your kids, (laughs) basically. So we find out that his little brother drank six Red Bulls and was making a lot of trouble, setting things on fire, stealing, basically doing everything that Cook would have done at that age getting into a lot of shit and you can see the stress on cook's face when he realizes that his little brother is basically becoming a mini version of him but i think he's torn between 
feeling like, oh my god, there's someone who understands me and is going through the same shit that I went through, versus being like, I want this kid to end up better than me because I'm so fucked up. I think he's starting to kind of come to that threshold where he has to pick, like, do I want to be a good role model or do I want to raise this kid to be exactly like me? The mom just freaks out about the little brother causing trouble and she picks up the Guitar Hero and starts smashing it into pieces and just, like, totally freaking out. So Cook takes his brother out the door they take the car they're like driving around just trying to distract themselves i guess and they just drive and drive and drive and it's kind of like when effie beat the shit out of katie and cook was like all right let's just go let's just drive it seems like that's his sort of escape plan is to just drive as far away as possible and it's like sort of heartfelt seeing him bonding with his brother but it's just sad mostly it makes me very sad especially when the brother starts jumping up and down on the car and being like fuck everybody fuck mom like everybody sucks i hate everybody and you can see the fucking feelings on cook's face pardon my language in this episode there's a lot of fucks to be given and said in this episode especially with cook i feel like it's appropriate so whatever (laughs) if you're not into it i'm sorry but yeah it's kind of sad seeing him realize that his little brother's growing up to be just like him good and bad not knowing where to go next cook just takes his brother and himself to naomi's house naomi's house is just kind of the crash pad for everybody and even in the next episode we'll see that become even further true um so he like tucks his little brother in under a blanket. Naomi's very caring, of course. And then he and Naomi go sit outside under this blanket. And this gives me first generation vibes. I'm like, finally, give me the first gen vibes. Like, where's the grease sitting under a blanket in the early morning hours, just like smoking and drinking and talking about life? That's the vibe that I love and I crave it. And I'm so happy that it's back. Especially this interaction, Naomi's talking and she says, it all just means so much to you, doesn't it? And Cook says, what? And she says, life. And it's true. He's so sensitive, even though he freaks the fuck out all the time and doesn't know how to handle anything. He's a very deep feeling person and everything gets to him. And then they have like a little bit of a kiss and their friendship is so sweet i really appreciate their dynamic and the fact that he kind of gives her shit for being a lesbian but he doesn't actually like push it at all like he just kind of makes fun of her for it and she kind of just gives him shit and i think it's a really tender and like important friendship between these two it kind of gets me in my feels (laughs) who does it make me think of it guess it kind of reminds me of cassie and chris in a way where it's just like these two people that don't have sexual tension so they actually just get to be friends and it's nice so getting into the end of it we're back at duncan's office duncan's giving cook shit back and being like yeah i'm just a shitty fucking lawyer like fuck you And they're just arguing and Duncan's like, well, what have you ever done with your shitty little life? And Cook's saying, well, I stole my best friend's girl just because I could. And like, I fucked her best friend just because I could. And Duncan's provoking him even further and further. And Cook says, 
you know, why is everyone always pissing on me? Everyone always pisses on me. And he just reaches the breaking point where it's like, there are no excuses, Cook. Just take responsibility for once for what you've done and maybe try to be a better person and right some of your wrongs and then maybe things will improve in your life instead of digging the hole deeper. It's like, you're at the center of the Earth's molten core, bro. Like, you cannot dig any deeper. You're smashing your hammer against fucking rocks. I'm not a geologist, so whatever. But, you know, it's like you can't dig the hole deeper. So maybe start climbing back up. And he decides to take responsibility and he's going to plead guilty. At the holding cell, Effie visits him in jail and they're talking and she's not being super supportive, but just her being there, I think, just means a lot to him, even though she doesn't really know what to say. And Effie's in a weird place with everything happening with Katie and Freddie. And it's like, she must feel really awkward, even though she's like Effie and she doesn't care about anything, but she clearly does care. And she's like, you know, I love Freddie, which is not super helpful to say, but cook's just like, Oh, how is the love? And she says, it's a bit of a head fuck to be honest. It's not simple. And I knew you would understand that it's not simple. Like it hurts. I thought that was an interesting little exchange because that does become sort of an issue with Freddie and Effie later on. And yeah, we haven't seen much of Effie, so I just have a lot of questions, I guess. Like, what's going on? Are things weird for her? Is it weird to go back to school? Is it weird to talk to Katie? Like, we have so many odds and ends that just haven't been addressed, and it's just kind of a matter of time until they all get addressed or don't. TBD, we'll update you as we get through the season. So she says she loves that he's brave and he goes to court. His little brother is, <laughs> it kind of becomes a comedic thing where his little brother's like, tell him to fuck off, like tell all the judges to fuck off. And it's like sad, but you hope that he'll end up okay someday. And Cook decides to take the fall for everything including he takes the fall for naomi with the drugs that she sold to sophia he pleads guilty i'm shocked it's really emotional and they say okay you're gonna be in holding for a couple of months you're gonna be in custody until we figure out what to do and i just wrote Ah, at the end, because I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, Cook's actually going to jail. And we don't know where the fuck this is going to go next. I don't remember either, so I can't even say. But it's like, we kind of would expect Cook to go to jail at some point. But I can't believe it's really happening and that he actually took the fall for everything. You wonder what Naomi's going to think about all of this. And it's just absolutely crazy. So the next episode is Katie's episode, and it goes, like, totally off the deep end. It'll be interesting. I'm happy to have a guest on next week because I don't know if I could talk about it by myself and do it any justice, so that'll be good. So, yeah, that's this week's episode. It was a lot. I am so interested in hearing your guys' thoughts, so feel free to share them at oh wow the podcast on Instagram and on the YouTube comment section. I love hearing your thoughts, and feedback and yeah thank you so much for tuning in i'm gonna enjoy the rest of my weekend with my dad being here 
and the rest of the warm weather for the year. So have a good one. I'll be back next Friday with season four, episode four. Okay, thanks. Bye.